Welcome, 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 welcome. I am definitely here to give thanks. Give thanks to this good, good, great God who continues to give grace and mercy. Oh my goodness. I normally get five minutes before I begin the uh, show, the gathering, whichever name you want to call it. <laughs> Welcome to my living room. All right, this is God's house. This is our house, okay? God gave us this gathering where we can, you know, hear a word from him, share a word to uh, each other that he spoke to each and every one of us individually. Alrighty, guys, I'm going to begin praying. Glory to your name. Thank you, Father God, for everything. We can never thank you enough. Today was an amazing day. I just want to be transparent right now, Father with my brothers and sisters, and of course you know all things. And being real with myself, I try to incorporate you in my life 24-7. It's starting to be so automatic for me <laughs> um, to where when I'm not, you know, uh, tapped into you, I feel something's missing. Father, if I'm not doing enough, I, I ask that you get me on track. I ask that you keep me on track. That's why uh, I love that song, Near My God to Be, so much. Because we need you on a daily. There's no way that we can miss a day without you. Because uh, if we do, we get off track very, very easy. Lord, I just want to thank you and I want to ask that those people that will be joining, those people who aren't able to join, and those people who decide not to join, I just ask that no matter where we are, that we are where we're supposed to be at that appointed time. And that, Lord, you continue to water the seeds that we plant. My only complete desire is to share you with someone. And if I only get one <laughs> that says yes to you, that's all that matters to me. But I just want everybody to get it so badly. You're a wonderful God, and I love you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank God. Amen. 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 <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, I 
bear with me while I'm preparing. I am a mom of a 17-year-old. I'm a household altogether, but that's my baby. And then I'm taking care of my mom and stepdad. My mom has lung cancer and she is healed by his shark as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we'll be having results next week. And um, has prostate, so 
from there. Uh, 72 and 65. So, uh, there's a lot going on in this small apartment here. <laughs> Alrighty, uh, I'll explain a little bit more a little bit later. Alright, so I'm going to go straight into uh, the word, the verse of the day. Uh, that song, by the way, was Jericho Walls by Andrew Ritt. A wonderful song. Um, the walls have got to come down, okay? All right, guys. Um, verse of the day is Psalms 37, verse 4. Enjoy serving the Lord, and he will give you whatever you ask for. As I always tell you, read the full chapter, please. It is so very important that you guys do that because you get more into what that verse means um, when you go back and read the full chapter, okay? All right, I'm going to go straight into song number one, okay? And listen, I will have links in the uh, description box um, for you to be able to go to at your leisure. I also uh, do not own the rights to any videos played. I do not own the rights to any books being read. I do not own the rights to um, any videos shared, uh, sermons or um, anything like that, okay? So basically, um, it's important that we pay attention to what we listen to and um, be on our best, you know, uh, look out for good music, okay? And music is universal, okay? So um, this song is going to be coming from Ryan Courtney Wilson. Just Love. They love me, they would say you can run, you can run, you can run, you can run, but there's no hiding place you can't deny. Don't try to fight, cause we love you, and there is nothing you could ever do about if you get off track, turn around and come right back because we love you when there is nothing you could ever do about if you lose your way you still got a place to stay so touch somebody find out that they understand when you tell them what you've been through who you are what you had to do when you hear them say that the God we serve has made a way for you to lay your burden down, rest and make a joyful sound because we love you. There is nothing you could ever do oh, no. about if you get off track, turn around and 
come right back because we love you and there is nothing you could ever do about if you lose your way you still got a place to stay so hug somebody now hold tight till you let it out somebody's gonna stand right here and wipe away every tear and if you need a friend don't you wait outside you can come on in but even if you take your time don't rush it'll be all right because we love you and there is nothing you could ever do about if you get off track turn around and come right back because we love you and there is nothing you could to stay so just love, love, no fear, my way for me to keep so just love, love, no fear, no fear, just love, 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 just love, 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 What an awesome, awesome, awesome song. That's Brian Courtney Wilson, and the song is called Just Love. That is what authored his first album in 2009. And he was preparing us for what <laughs> seriously is seriously. Listen, all we need to do is just love. For real, because. Love conquers everything, you know? So um, the music that I share with you is, is basically like, I'm gonna find and search and meditate on what I find and search just to, to, to get you the, the songs that are going to elevate the word and lift the word up and confirm the word. Because um, if we, if we're going to sing to this stuff, we need to live this stuff. And it's important that we incorporate the word to our lives, you know. So um, um, that's why I play the music, because it's universal. And then if, if it doesn't touch you there, it'll touch you another place, you know. Uh, and depending on the anointing of that singer, you know, God's going to use whoever and whatever he wants to use to get a word to you, you know. All right, it is 7, 24, 24 minutes past the hour, 
I want to thank you all the replay listeners, um, people joining that decide to say something and people who don't decide to say anything. Um, at least you're here. Um, at least you're listening. And you can be spending your time anywhere, but you decide to share your time with me and the Lord. So we're two or more gathered in his name. He is there in the midst. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to this word number one which is coming from Jude, uh, chapter 1, uh, 17 through 24. You know, it's the book, one book in uh, the Bible that only has one, um, one chapter. This is coming from Remain in God's Love. Dear friends, remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ said would happen. They told you, in the last days, some people will make fun of the truth. <laughs> they will follow their own ungodly desires. They are the people who separate you from one another. They do only what comes naturally. They are not led by the Holy Spirit. But you, dear friends, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Let the Holy Spirit guide and help you when you pray. And by doing these things, remain in God's love as you wait. You are waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Show mercy to those who doubt. Save others by pulling them out of the fire. To others, show mercy mixed with fear of sin. Hate even the clothes that are stained by the sins of those who wear them. That's deep, guys. And then praise to God. Give praise to God who is able to keep you from falling into sin. He will bring you into his heavenly glory without any fault. He will bring you there with great joy. Ooh, let that marinate on you guys. And look at this. The, the, the date of, of this word uh, being republished started from 1995, 1996, 1998, 2014, okay? on the cross. I'm telling you guys, this is for us. The Lord is speaking to us and it's right there. Okay. He loves you. He loves you so much. And I just want to share that with you. Okay. Um, again, it is now 7 27 PM, 27 minutes past the hour. And guys, um, I can't wait to introduce this to you. Um, this is Cassandra Rochelle uh, joining us by video, uh, reading Proverbs 19, because we are on day 19 of 31 days in Proverbs. That is so amazing. Oh my goodness. So she wanted, she actually did two, which I found so awesome because it's like, she's like, I gotta do this again, seriously. <laughs> You know, and I was just feeling her like, oh my goodness, you know, like she's really feeling it. And, and I understand. 
Oh, excuse me. I understand that something just happened in this technology, that's for sure. And I understand um, how she feels because it's like you you read it and then you want to read it again, you know. So um, I'm going to bring this up to you. Okay. <laughs> She's amazing. Okay. So let's see here. I'm gonna let me see. Let me bring it up. I'm trying to bring there it is already. Oh, oh no, that's the old one, honey. All right. Okay, guys. God bless you. Listen, we are on Proverbs chapter 19. I ain't crying today. <laughs> I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing every day. Yesterday I was rejoicing too. I just thank God for his goodness and his mercy. This is the day that the Lord has made. Still rejoicing and we're glad. Oh Lord, let me hurry up. My thing said the battery about to go dead. Okay, I ain't got time. I'm trying to do all the extra. And so Father, it's the entrance of your word that gives light. And so we come before you to gain knowledge and and, and apply wisdom to what we learn chapter 19 better a poor i'm sorry better the poor whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse desire without knowledge is not good how much more will hasty feet miss the way a person's own folly leads to their ruin yet their heart rages against the lord wealth attracts many friends but even the closest friends of the poor pursue person of the close. I'm sorry. Wealth attracts many friends, but even the closest friend of the poor person deserts them. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will not go free. Many accure favor with the ruler, and everyone is a friend of the one who gives gifts. The poor are shunned by all their relatives. How much more do their friends avoid them? Though the poor pursue them with pleading, they are nowhere to be found. Cause they don't got no money. <laughs> they don't have no money. Listen, the one who gets wisdom loves life. The one who cherishes understanding will soon prosper. A false witness will not go unpunished, and whoever pours out lies will perish. It is not fitting for a fool to live in luxury. How much worse for a slave to rule over princes? A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook offense. A king's rage is like the roar of a lion, but his favor is like the dew of the grass. A foolish child is a father's ruin, and a quarrelsome wife is like the constant dripping of a key of a leaky roof. Houses and wealth are inherited from the parents, but a prudent wife is from the Lord. 
laziness brings on deep sleep and the shiftless go hungry this this bird got some words for you the shiftless what's a shiftless what's a shiftless the person that's you just shiftless whoever keeps commandments keeps their life but whoever shows contempt for the ways will die whoever is kind to the poor lends to the lord and he will reward them for what they have done discipline your children for in that there is hope do not be a willing party to their death a hot-tempered person must pay the penalty rescue them and you would have to do it over again listen to advice and accept discipline at the end you will be counted among the wise many are the plans in a person's heart but it is the lord's purpose that prevails that's the verse of the day what a person desires is unfailing love better to be poor than a liar the fear of the Lord leads to life, then one rests content untouched to trouble. A slugger buries his hand in the dish, he will not even bring it back to his mouth. Yeah. Log a marker, and the simple will learn prudence. Rebuke the discerning, and they will gain knowledge. Whoever robs, whoever robs their father and drives out their mother is a child who brings shame and disgrace. Stop listening to the instruction, my son and you will stray from the words of knowledge. A corrupt witness mocks at justice, and the mouth of the wicked gulps down evil. Penalties are prepared for markers and beating for the backs of fools. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord, that it's the interest of your word that gives us life. And Father, we wanted to walk with you upright before you and lead a life and a legacy for our children's children. God, more than anything, we desire to worship you in spirit and in truth. Continue to go deep down in the dark parts of our hearts, overturn the stones that we can see the darkness in. Repent of it, acknowledge it first of all, repent of it, turn away and turn to you, that we can be a hope and an answer to others through the power of the blood of Jesus and worship you, Father, in eternity. God bless you. God keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. I'm reading through this fast because my phone is about to die. But I love y'all so much. Be encouraged. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, go in peace and sin no more. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. I love her. I love her, love her, love her. And I'm hoping that you guys are enjoying her as well. That is Cassandra Rochelle. She is a young lady that's been on my friend list on Facebook forever. And you know, God knows when he wants people to like really, really genuinely connect. And one thing that I feel is really important is like, even though, you know, Facebook is what Facebook is, it's like, okay, I use it for the glory of God, period. Okay. Um, and I try to incorporate him in everything that I do. So it's like everyone that's on my friend list, I'm talking to them some way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter if, if they don't talk to me, you know, um, they will get a message from me. Uh, and um, the people tap in um, besides, you know, friends that you, family that you already knew and things like that. But I don't just accept anyone on my friend list. Um, you know, people just go through clicking, accept, 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 accept. I'm just not going to do that because... I want to be attached to um, everything good and noble. And uh, I feel like, you know, everybody is not perfect. We all fall short of the glory of the Lord. 
Uh, however, there are those of us who are choosing to uh, make better choices and uh, choosing to allow God to take control of our lives. So uh, I just want to tap into them and uh, the non-believers, the, the ones that fall away, uh, which, were, which are believers who say that uh, they don't want to believe anymore. Um, I can relate to them both. Uh, I remember being a sinner and, and, and the day I got redeemed. So, you know, um, I've been diligently uh, seeking the understanding of why God loves me since 1995 um, when I gave my life to him and said, uh, be who you say you are. And that's it. <laughs> so, Alrighty, guys, it is 737, 37 minutes past the hour. All replay listeners, thank you so much for uh, listening, downloading, commenting. Uh, I thank you in advance. Uh, we are what makes this go around, okay? Uh, we're not of the, we're, we're, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So um, we're trying to do the best that we can to uh, keep our focus for when the Lord, you know, uh, returns uh, and we're uh, ready to, to go to this new world, this new earth, this, this beautiful heaven. So, all right, guys, um, I'm going to go straight into uh, this next song. And this song is... Uh, a song that you probably, you know, heard of before. Uh, Kayla plays it a lot. Um, it is uh, Amy Grant. And it's called Better Than a Hallelujah.
here's a melody beautiful the mess we are the honest cries of breaking hearts better than a a hallelujah that's a beautiful song oh my goodness 2010 she came out with that 10 years ago just look at that 10 years ago she came out with that song um guys god knows the plans that he has for us and we gotta trust him We have a choice to choose, and sincerely from my heart, hearts are hearts. I know that it, it takes the work, you know what I'm saying? Um, it's an everyday decision to, to make and say, you know, I'm going to serve, I'm going to serve the Lord, you know, um, because every day there's something new to try to challenge us from that choice. You know, everybody's, you know, living their life the way that they live it. And the word is telling us straight up exactly what it wanted us to know when we were two, when we were three, you know, and we're talking generation to generation, okay? Um, so I'm going to go into the second word. And the second word is coming from Amos, okay? Uh, we're going to be exploring the Bible the whole Bible. We're not going to be stuck in Luke and stuck in Matthew and stuck in, in, in Psalms and Proverbs. Those are the, the, the normal, you know, um, books that the pastors come from. But guys, we need to come from this word. It, it's a 360 deal. And uh, the word, the books that pretty much, you know, confirm each other, you know, uh, and, and it's, a, it's amazing. So uh, it's chapter six. Uh, Amos chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 and of course as I always say you know um, read the full chapter you know to to gain uh, full complete clarity of what God is trying to say to you all right how terrible for those who feel secure when they shouldn't how terrible it will be for you men who are so contented on Mount Zion how terrible for you who feel secure on the hill of Samaria. You are famous men from the greatest nation. The people of Israel come to you for help and advice. 
go and look at the city of Kelna. For go from there to the great city of Haman. Then go down to Gath in Philistia. Excuse my pronunciations, guys. I hope I said it right. Are those places better off than your two kingdoms? Is their land larger than yours? You are trying to avoid the time when trouble will come, but you are only bringing closer the Assyrian rule of terror. You lie down on beds that are decorated with ivory. You rest on your couches. You eat the best lambs and the fattest cows. You pluck away on your harps as David did. You play new songs on musical instruments. You drink wine by the bowlful. You use the finest lotions, but Joseph's people will soon be destroyed. And you aren't even sad about it. So you will be among the first to be taken away as prisoners. You won't be able to enjoy good food. You won't be, you won't lie around on couches anymore. Okay, so if you don't understand what that says, the best way that I could do it would be to say, hey, I think they're saying, what it's saying to us is you chilling, you relaxed, okay? You feel like, oh, nothing's gonna bother me. You know, I'm good, you know? But you're not good because you don't care about anyone but yourself. There are people that are going through challenges and changes and you, you decide to put no effort into helping anyone. Um, and that's as real as I can break it down. You know, uh, if you feel that you uh, can interpret um, the word better, please email me, email me cgf000 number three at gmail.com or text or call me at 971-320-4123 anytime because you might hear something I don't hear. And it takes a village, guys. It's, it's all of us working together, okay? <laughs> so, but that's what I pretty much gathered out of it. And, uh, you know, um, we, we, we learn something new every time we read it, honestly. So, uh, all right, we're moving right along. It's 7.47 p.m., 47 minutes past the hour, guys. We're moving right along, huh? Uh, this is Monday night. Uh, CG Talks Live. And I'm so glad to be here, guys. I'm so glad to be doing this. Um, I, I'm so happy. You know, I, I don't even know the words enough to express, but to make sure that I'm here, whether people are in the room or not, whether people um, decide to, uh, as they say, bite or not, um, I'm okay because I know that I'm being a part of history and, and I'm being a part of this kingdom of God where someone is going to hear this, someone is going to be delivered, and, and someone is going to give their life to the Lord and become a disciple as myself. You know, so um, I just want to share this good news with you guys, and and um, I love it so much. I really do. Alrighty, let's go on into this next song. Okay, it is called "Walking" by Mary. Mary, I know you guys know who they are. 
Enjoy. Enjoy, okay? Yeah. Now I got your attention. Yeah, hey. How you doing? How you guys go and listen to these songs on your own private time and let them minister to you 
and understand and know that they have albums and albums and albums. They have so many songs. Like the radio plays these songs over and over again. And I'm like, guys, can you guys go to the other songs in their album? Really? Okay. I don't know why they do that. I'm, I, I don't know why they do it. But anyway, that's that. <laughs> it's 7.52 p.m. 52 minutes past the hour. And we... Wow, we're moving right along. Um, and that's what normally happens when, you know, I take my time and, you know, plan everything out um, accordingly. Um, everything doesn't always work, you know, out the way you want it to work out. But, you know, if you write it down, it'll pretty much work out, okay? All right, guys, so the end is near, and we're at the place that I love the most, and I'm going to close in the Lord. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, so this book, Dallas Willard, Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. Guys, you've got to get in this. You've got to get in this book. It is amazing. Okay. Alrighty. So last week we left off uh, on uh, page 26, one to one. Okay. And I'm going to share the screen. And guys, I have been working really hard to, um, for those who like the visuals and everything, um, I have been working hard to um, set up where you can, you know, read what I'm showing on the screen for the for the live viewers. Um, so you will be able to watch as well. Um, I am going to put the links in the description area uh, to the podcast. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and give a shout out to Buzzsprout <laughs> and Red Circle. <laughs> Okay, um, there's a couple of different um, places that I've been trying to work with, and um, this has been a really great experience, you know, and I, I, I love it that they, you know, like are really big time and, and, and um, they choose to be humble and teach us new beginners. I am definitely a new beginner, guys. Um, I've only been in this for a couple months now, um, and uh, I'm excited. I started with Zoom. And uh, I've been taking off ever since, so thanks, God. <laughs> okay. All righty. So let's get to the book. The book. The book. Okay. I can't wait. So, one to one with God. Um, how I wish that there was other people in the room who would like to read, um, but there's not a lot of people who like to read out loud. And, um, Father God, pray for me, guys, but I love to read out loud. So um, I hope that uh, you guys are comfortable hearing me, and I hope that uh, these words minister to you complete sorrow, okay? Alrighty, here we go. One to one with God. Page 26 in the book by Dallas Willard, called Hearing God, Developing a Conversational Relationship with God. 
God walks and talks in our midst as part of how the kingdom of God is in our midst. Luke chapter 17, verse 21, okay? Our relationship with God is not a consumerist relationship, nor do Christians understand their faith to be a consumer religion. We don't consume the merits of Christ or the services of the church. We are participants, not spectators. Accordingly, we seek to interact with God in a relationship by listening and speaking. Notice the interaction. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and try from, excuse me, I apologize, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 14. Emphasis added. If we humble ourselves and seek God, he will respond. Such interaction is part of our friendship with God. In the last and okay, okay, here we go. That's that struggle with the words. In the last analyst, nothing is more central to the practical life of the Christian than confidence in God's individual dealings with each other. The individual care of the shepherd for his sheep, of the parent for the child, and the lover for the beloved are all biblical images that have passed into the consciousness of Western humanity. They persuasively, no, they pervasively and essentially mark our art and general culture as well as our religion. Pervasively. I need to know, okay? I, I know that, you guys, it's just me. But I know it's not just me. Somebody wants to know what that word means too. Pervasive of an unwelcome influence or physical effect spreading widely throughout an area of a group of people. Ageism is pervasive. Oh, okay. So in the Kindle cloud reader, you can highlight a word and it gives you the definition right there, okay? So that's what that means. They pervasively and essentially work our art Um, and women, okay, correction guys, they pervasively and essentially mark our art and general culture as well as our religion. Not only conservative and liberal Christians, high church and Pentecostal, but also Christian and Jew, and even Jew and Muslim come together and saying, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack for nothing. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. Psalms 23, one, verses 1 through 2. Paraphrase. Nothing is more central to the practical life of the Christian when confidence, than confidence in God's individual dealings with each person. 
the biblical record always presents the relationship between God and the believer as more than a friendship or family tie than merely one's arranging to take care of the needs of another. If we consider that startling array of biblical personalities from Adam to the apostles, Paul and John, we behold the millennia long saga of God's invading human personality and history on a one-to-one -one basis. There is nothing general or secondhand about the divine encounters with Abraham, Moses, Isaiah, Nehemiah, Mary, or Peter. The saga continues up to our own day in the lives of those recognized as leaders in the spiritual life. When we consider coming through the ages, St. Augustine, Teresa of Avelia, St. Francis of Assisi, 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 Martin Luther, George Fox, John Wesley, C.H. Spurgeon, Phoebe, Phoebe, no, Phoebe Palmer, thank you for the correction, D.L. Moody, Frank LeBock, A.W. Tozer, or Henry Nowen. We see in each case a person who regards personal communion and communication with God, both as life-changing episodes and as daily bread. These are people who seek to focus their minds on God, to pray moment by moment, untold thousands of humble Christians whose names will never appear in print, who will never preach a sermon or teach a class, can testify equally well to the same kinds of encounters with God as are manifested in the great ones in the West. Robert C. McFarland was a well-known businessman in Los Angeles, California. He had moved to California from Oklahoma in 1970, a year before I was born, okay. And within just a few days of his arrival, due to a disastrous misunderstanding with a close friend, he had to take control of an insurance agent. He did not want it, but he had to make it succeed in order to save the large amount of money he had invested in it. Smart. By the spring of 1973, he was in the third year of constant strain and stress in the operation of the business. He had recently been over converted through the influence of the Rolling Hills Covenant Church in Southern California. And in answer to his prayers, and in answer to the prayers of his wife, Betty, and her many Christian friends. One day, that spring, the continual danger of defeat, the daylight and dark hours of effort, the frustration at every turn, and the heartening memories of the cause of his financial difficulties came upon him with special force. Robert drove towards his office, facing yet another day of futility and failure. But having to accomplish the absolute necessities to keep the business afloat. Because the show must go on. Suddenly, he was filled with a frantic urge to turn left onto the road out of the town and just disappear. 
afterwards, he always felt he was going to make that turn. How far he would have gone is, of course, unknown. But into the midst of his inner turmoil, there came a command, pull over to the curb. And that is so real. You know you heard something, all you gotta do is listen and repeat. Pull over to the curb. As he relates it, it was as if the words were written on the windshield. After he pulled over, there came to him as though someone with him in the car said these words. My son had strains that you will never know. And when he had those strains, he turned to me and that's what you should do. After hearing these words, Robert sat at the wheel for a long time, sobbing aloud. He then drove on to his Long Beach office where he faced 22 major outstanding problems. All the most significant problems, rather, <laughs> they concerned company disagreements, clients deciding to remain with his agency, payments by clients of sizable late premiums, or whatever were substantially revolved by that day's end. Wilhelm Herman, a great theologian of the late 19th century, goes so far as to mark the Christian out in terms of a personal communion with God. We hold a man to be really a Christian when we believe we have ample evidence that God has revealed himself to him in Jesus Christ. And that now the man's inner life is taking on a new chapter through his communion with the God who is thus manifest. Spiritual information into Christ likeness, true change of character comes from living in relationship to God. Amen. Amen. More recently, the English philosopher and theologian John Valley wrote, our knowledge of God rests on the revelation of his personal presence. Of such a presence, it must be true that to those who have never been confronted with it, argument is useless. While to those who have, is, it is super flawed. Wow, guys. Super fluous. Super fluous. Never even heard that word. Okay. Unnecessary through being more than enough, the purchaser should avoid asking for super flawless information. Wow, so super, super flawless is, I wanna pronounce it right. I'm looking it up on Google, seriously, mm-mm, see? Maybe you've heard of that word. Superfluous. I was totally off. Superfluous. 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 Wow, guys. Words matter. You've got to say it right. You've got to say it right, or it's, it's not the word. Literally, it's not the word. Amazing. Okay. All right. Superfluous. 
Wow. Okay. The faith in a God who speaks personally to the soul is nowhere recorded more plainly, plainly than in the hymns of the church. From all ages, sung week by week by the church as it congregates and day by day by Christians as they go about their lives at work, at home, at play. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. All the way my Savior leads me. Lead on. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love the Lord. Lead on, O oh King Eternal, where he leads me. Lead kindly, light. He leadeth me. Holy Spirit, faithful God, Jesus Savior, pilot me. If thou but suffer God to be to guide thee, guide me, O thou great Jehovah, and Jesus still lead on. This brief list hardly begins to mention all the hymns devoted to personal divine guidance and the conversational communion of a soul with God. The words of these hymns follow a familiar pattern. He walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me I am his own and the joy we share as we carry there none other has ever known because it's personal it's so personal oh my goodness it is 8 10 p.m guys 10 minutes past the hour and I'm gonna continue on if you want to take a break, go ahead and take a break. You can pause it and come back. Okay, that's the great thing. The great thing about downloading the podcast. Okay, all right. The paradox. In the light of all this, it is not an exaggeration to speak of a paradox in the contemporary experience and understanding of hearing God. This paradox seriously hinders our practical faith. One, on the one hand, we have massive testimony to and widespread faith in God's personal guiding communication with us, far more than mere providential and blindly controlling guidance. This is not only recorded in scripture and in emblazoned upon church history, but it is also lies at the heart of our worship services and our individual relationships with God. Receiving guidance from God actually serves as the basis of authority for our teachers and leaders. Rarely do people profess to teach and lead the people of God on the basis of their education. Natural talents and denominational connections alone. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Rarely do people profess to teach and lead the people of God on the basis of their education, natural talents, and denominational connections alone. Authority and spiritual leadership deprives, derives from a life in the spirit 
from the leader's personal encounter and ongoing relationship with God. On the other hand, we also, on the other hand, we also find a pervasive and often painful uncertainty and Let's see. And I can't read that. Find a pervasive and often painful uncertainty about how hearing God's voice actually works today and what its place is in the church and in the Christian's life. Even those directly spoken by to by God may Okay, we just had a, a, a difficulty. My son is, oh my goodness, pause. <laughs> really, really, really. You're not supposed to move that. My God. You need to make sure you wipe that up with that shirt by your foot. That's just the stuff that comes out of the water. I'm going back. No, the, the shirt is right there. Okay, we're back. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Teenagers. All righty. Okay. On the other hand, we also find a pervasive and often painful uncertainty about how hearing God's voice actually works today and what its place is in the church and in the Christian's life. Even those who firmly believe that they have been addressed or directly spoken to by God may be at a loss <laughs> to know what is happening or what to do about it. For real, because sometimes, oh my goodness. In the Bible, poor flustered Gideon said to the Lord, who in some fashion stood before him, do something to prove that you are the one who is speaking to me. Judges 6, verse 17, paraphrase. Okay, who does that? Who challenges God? Okay. Even if we were to beg for a word from God, we may have so little clarity on what it should be like and so little competence in dealing with it that when it comes, it will only add to our confusion. I believe, excuse me, I apologize. I believe that this is one reason such a word may be withheld from us by God when it would otherwise be appropriate and helpful. Mm. I believe that this is one reason such a word may be withheld from us by God when it would otherwise be appropriate and helpful. Our need for understanding is clearly very great. We are too familiar 
with the painful confusion of individuals who make huge efforts to determine God's will for themselves, people who are frequently very sincere and devout. We see them make dreadful errors by following a whim or chance event that, because of their desperation, they force to serve as a sign from God. We see them sink into despair, skepticism, even cynicism, often accompanied by a continuation of religious routine that becomes utterly mechanical and dead. Father God, help us. They know on the basis of what has happened to them that for all practical purposes, they are simply on their own. We are also too familiar, even if only though newspaper accounts with the tragic domination of groups by those who lay claim to a special sign or word from God. Religious dictators are in unceasing supply and show up in surprising places and places. Ooh, I'm learning so much because these words geese, guys, guises, in eternal form, appearance, or manner of presentation, typically concealing the true nature of something. He visited the guise of, hmm, G-U-I-S-E, okay. told you guys seriously um i'm not ashamed because <laughs> like i don't know everything and i don't want to know everything guys 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 wow that is amazing mm. Okay. Religious dictators are in unceasing supply and show up in surprising guises and places. Often they are not effectively resisted precisely because the other members of the group have no clear idea. Tested and proven in experience of how such a word from God really works. They are vulnerable to madness in the name of God. Um, wow. <clears throat> Let your will be done, Lord. Wow. First steps towards a solution. As disciples of Jesus Christ, I believe we cannot abandon faith in our ability to hear from God. To abandon this is to abandon the reality of a personal relationship with God, and that we must not do. Our hearts and minds, as well as the realities of the Christian tradition, stand against it. The paradox about hearing God's voice must then be resolved and removed by providing believers with a clear understanding 
and a confident practical orientation towards God's way of guiding us and communicating with us, which is the aim of the chapters that follow. But before we can even begin working on this task, there are three general problem areas that must be briefly addressed. First, we need to understand that God's communications come to us in many forms. Mm, mm, mm. And I'm highlighting that. Mm -hmm. What we know about guidance and the divine human encounter from the Bible and the lives of those who have gone before us shows us that. We should expect nothing else. For this variety is appropriate to the complexity of human personality and cultural history. And God in redeeming humanity is willing to reach out in whatever ways are suitable to its fallen and weakened condition. We should look carefully at these many forms to see which ones are most suited to the kind of relationship God intends to have with his people. If we give primacy to forms of communication that God does not on the whole prefer in relation to his children, that will hinder our understanding of and cooperation with his voice, perhaps even totally frustrating his will for us. Mm. One of the main tasks of the chapters that follow is to prevent this. Second, we may have the wrong motive for seeking or seeking to hear from God, glory. We all in some measure share in the general human anxiety about the future. By nature, we live in the future, constantly hurled into it whether we like it or not, knowing what we will meet there is a condition of our being prepared to deal with it, or so it would seem from the human point of view. Francis Bacon saying that knowledge is power is never more vividly realized than in our concern about our own future. So we ceaselessly inquire about events to come. The great businesses and the halls of government are filled today with experts and technocrats. Our modern day musicians and, no, magicians and soothsayers Hmm. A discipline of futurology has emerged within the universities. The age-old trades of palm reading and fortune-telling flourish. Within the Christian community, this leads to a permanence of teaching on the will of God and how to know it. Russ Johnson, Russ Johnston, draws upon his own wide experience to remark how this continues to be one of the most popular subjects. A certain church I know has elective, elective Sunday school classes for their adults. Every three months they choose a new topic to study. The pastor tells me that if I, if I can have, if the pastor tells me that if they can have someone teach on knowing God's will, they will 
they can run that class over and over and still have people sign up for it in droves. Mm. Mm. I've spoken at many conferences where part of the afternoons are set aside for workshops on various topics. If you make one of the workshops, knowing the will of God, half the people sign up for it, even if they are 20, even if there are 20 other choices. Wow. But a self-defeating motive is at work here. Seeking to know the future causes people to take these classes and workshops over and over without coming to peace about their place in the will of God. I fear that many people seek to hear God solely as a device for obtaining their own safety, comfort, and sense of being righteous. For those who busy themselves to know the will of God, however, it is still true that those who want to save their life will lose it. Matthew 16, 25. Heavenly Father God, I fear that many people seek to hear God solely as a device of obtaining their own safety, comfort, and sense of being righteous. Glory to God. Oh, guys. Mm. You guys got to get this book. My extreme preoccupation with knowing God's will for me may only indicate, contrary to what is often thought, that I am over-concerned with myself, not a Christ-like interest in the well-being of others or in the glory of God. Frederick B. Mayer, Meyer, Frederick B. Meyer writes, so long as there is some thought of personal advantage, some idea of acquiring the praise and condemnation of men, some aim of self-aggrandizement, aggrandizement, it will be simply impossible to find out God's purpose concerning us. Oh, Self-aggrandizement, the action or process of promoting oneself as being powerful or important. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. It will be simply impossible to find out God's purpose concerning us. Nothing will go right in our effort to hear God if this false motivation is his foundation. God simply will not cooperate. We must discover a different type of motivation for knowing God's will and listening to his voice. Closely aligned to wanting to hear God only to know the future, some people want to have God's distinct instruction so they will not have to be responsible for their actions. But responsibility and initiative are the heart of our relationship with God. We are not robots and he does not work with robots. Third, misconceiving the nature of our Heavenly Father and of his intent for us creates a truly overwhelming problem to block our understanding of God's communication with us as he redeems children and friends. From this then comes a future, a further, excuse me, misunderstanding of what the church his redemptive community 
is to be like and especially of how authority works in the kingdom of the heaven. Indeed, all human troubles come from thinking of God wrongly, which then means thinking about ourselves wrongly. God certainly is not a jolly good fellow, nor is he our buddy, but then neither are we intended by him to be robots wired into his instrument panel, puppets on his string, or slaves dancing at the end of the whiplash of his command. Such ideas must not serve as the basis for our view of hearing God. As E. Stanley Jones observed, obviously God must guide us in, in a way that will develop spontaneity in us. Spontaneity? The development of character rather than direction in this, that, and the other matter must be the primary purpose of the Father. He will guide us, but he won't override us. The fact should make us use that caution, the method of sitting down with a pencil and a blanket sheet of paper to write down the instructions dictated by God for the day. Suppose a parent would dictate to the child minutely everything he is to do during the day. The child would be stunted under that regimen. The parent must guide in such a manner and to, to the degree that anatomic character capable of making right decisions for itself is produced. God does the same. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna read that over. Suppose a parent would dictate to a child minutely everything he's to do during the day. The child would be stunted under that regimen. The parent must guide in such a manner and to the degree that autonomous character capable of making right decision for itself is produced. God does the same. A conversational relationship. The idea for hearing from God is finally determined by who God is. What kind of beings are, what kind of beings we are and what a personal relationship between ourselves and God should be like. Our failure to hear God has its deepest roots in a failure to understand, accept, and grow into a conversational relationship with God. The sort of relationship suited to friends who are mature personalities in a shared enterprise. No matter how different they may be in their respects, it is within such a relationship that our Lord surely intends us to have and to recognize readily his voice speaking in our lives, in our hearts as occasion demands. I believe that he has made simple, 
that he has made ample provision for this in order to fulfill his mission as the Good Shepherd, which is to bring us life and life more abundantly. The abundance of life comes in following him and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. The next chapter begins to deal with these problem areas that confront our search for God's voice by looking at some general but essential preliminary guidelines. Thank you. The next chapter begins to deal with these problem areas that confront our search for God's voice by looking at some general but essential preliminary guidelines. Some topics for reflection. One, can a person be sure that God has not spoken to them? What events in your past life could have been messages from God? Reflect on the details of some of these events. Two, what is the paradox about hearing God discussed in this chapter? Do you find that the tension it sets up is present in your life and the lives of religious people around you? Glory. Three, what might be the drawbacks of having a conversational relationship with God? What kind of person would you expect to be less than enthusiastic about living in such a relationship? Hmm. Four. What does it say about someone's view of God that he or she uses the term personal relationship, but there are no specific communications? Should a leader who claims to have been spoken to by God ever be questioned about it? How might one intelligently go about this in a spiritual of love? The spirit of love. Verse five. Number six. Okay, yeah, number six. Everything considered, would you really like to be spoken to by God? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. All right, guys, it's 8.35, 35 minutes past the hour. Oh my goodness, Father God, I, I want to please you. In the name of Jesus and the power of his word, your word speaks to us. This person who wrote this book, God bless them. I exalt you on high because of them taking the time to write this book. It has placed me in so much checkmate, unreal. I, um, I want to know that I know something, but I need it to be divinely driven, okay, um, with you all around it and meaning because of it. So, 
Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for people that joined and didn't say anything and people that wanted to join, join but felt they couldn't join. I speak to you now and I encourage you to come on by. Just come on by. It's okay. We can do it. All right. Um, we're here for each other and that's all that matters. Okay. So we're a team here. This is our house, which is God's house. We are the temple of God. So um, be you. Come on in and uh, okay. Um, but your will be done. <laughs> Period. Because your will is what's best for us. Not our will, but thine will be done. In the name of Jesus, and the power of God. And a blessing to the reading and the hearing of the word. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. God bless you guys. I hope you listen to this over and over again. Um, I hope you keep it for yourself. I love you guys, babies. See you soon.